from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. We've seen a dramatic rise in farmland values in recent years, but how long can the upswing last? We're probably going to see things kind of the land values reset at a at kind of a new level. Extreme snow and cold continues to impact the cattle market. We'll hear how it's impacting processing and the markets react to a bombshell supply and demand report from USDA. You know, it's not what we needed to see. We already had a cumbersome supply. The fallout right now on Ag Day. Ag Day presented by Pioneer. What's next happens when the testing grounds meet the proving grounds. Pioneer, what's next happens here. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. The market's getting a shock to the system at the end of last week before the holiday weekend. USDA making a major revision to crop yields, giving them a big boost much higher than the market anticipated. Now let's start with those final production numbers in the latest supply demand report. The agency reporting record corn yields of 177.3 bushels to the acre with production at 15.3 billion bushels up 108 million bushels. Now that's way higher than the trade predicted going into this report, although it was partially offset by a reduction in harvested acres. Now for corn, you can see the states in dark blue that's on the biggest yield gains. States like Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, the Dakotas, Nebraska, and Montana, while Missouri, Illinois, and Minnesota saw yields drop. Soybeans also getting a yield boost at 50.6 bushels to the acre on production of 4.2 billion bushels. That's up 35 million bushels, also above expectations. And again, Texas, Oklahoma, and South Dakota seeing gains in soybean yields in 2023, while Louisiana yields took a big hit. And that pushed the quarterly grain stock numbers higher and above trade expectations with corn stocks up 13% to 12.2 billion bushels. Soybeans coming in at 3 billion bushels, down 1% from December of last year. Wheat supplies on December 1st were 1.41 billion bushels. That's up 8% from a year ago. Agnes Michelle Rook joins me. And Michelle, grain suffering double-digit losses on Friday and reaction to that report and the forecasting of a mostly larger South American crop. And these USDA reports were bearish for row crops, with the agency shocking the market, raising both corn and soybean yields and production. Now, while the addition of the final inning stocks wasn't substantially higher than December, it cut the market off guard, and South American production numbers didn't help. USDA raised corn yields 2.4 bushels per acre to a record 177.3, with higher yields in the eastern corn belt, and that raised production 108 million bushels to a new record. However, that was offset by a nearly 600,000 acre drop in harvested acres and higher demand. So ending stocks were raised only 31 million bushels. But market analyst Jim McCormick says that was still a bearish shock. I think the trade was leaning to very pretty much either an unchanged yield number or even a slight adjustment down this upward revision of what they did. Um, I haven't seen the historicals, but I'm guessing it's one of the bigger upward revisions we've ever had in January. And there's no doubt about it, the trade got caught flat-footed and the market's reacting to it. Um, you know, it's not what we needed to see. We already had a cumbersome supply. On soybeans, the agency also bumped up yields by 0.7 bushels, but with a nearly 435,000 acre drop in harvested acres, production was up just 36 million bushels, which went right to ending stocks. The yield number is definitely a little bit negative. Offsetting that was a reduction in the harvested acres, but you know, you're adding to the ending stocks. 
South American estimates were also disappointing. Encore and USDA cut Brazil's crop 2 million metric tons and left Argentina unchanged. Brazil's soybean production dropped 4 million metric tons, offset by a 2 million metric ton increase in Argentina. But the revisions were minor compared to private estimates. The production between those two countries is easily over 200 million. Their previous record production was 185 a few years back. So the fact is their crop is not down enough to offset our increase in production. Wheat had the most constructive numbers with winter wheat seedings down 2.27 million acres from last year and ending stocks were lowered 11 million bushels. I'm Michelle Rook reporting for Ag Day. Now on the livestock side of things, the bitter cold and winter storms continue to impact the cattle market. Daily gains at feedlots are tough to come by as herds fight to stay warm. The winter weather significantly disrupting both livestock transportation and processing. Last week, blizzard conditions forced some packing facilities to shut down and that limited overall production. By Thursday of last week, cattle slaughter was already running about 30,000 head per day behind December averages. And that's helping drive cutout prices higher with choice cutouts topping $283, up about $5 in just a week. It was a very cold and snowy holiday weekend for much of the country. Meteorologist Matt Engelbrecht joins us with a look ahead to this week. Yeah, the third system, it was seven, yeah, about seven, eight days. We had three systems work across the United States with uh, uh, varying impacts across the United States. So here's the third one. Now for the rest of our Tuesday, we're going to be tracking that low pressure system back off to the north and to the east. Obviously, some snow will be around uh, coming up on Tuesday with lake effect snow back into portions of Michigan, uh, both the well, lower peninsula and the Upper Peninsula. As you go to your Tuesday, uh, again, uh, that low pressure system starts to move out. Uh, pretty quiet in and across the United States, but just cold. Tough to develop any lift in the atmosphere uh, when you have very cold air. It's very heavy, so not expecting much in the way of major systems moving through uh, as we get the bitterly cold temperatures in and across the area. Now, this is Wednesday at 8 o'clock in the morning. Now, some very uh, small energy in the jet stream is going to kick up uh, some heavier snowfall you know, where temperatures aren't nearly as cold back up into the mountains, but uh, light snow flurries almost into Wisconsin and Minnesota for your Wednesday morning. And wow, it was a wild weekend of weather, wasn't it? The National Weather Service in Des Moines sharing this traffic camera image. Hard to see, but you can make out uh, some of those 18 wheelers. This is looking west along I-80 near Victor, Iowa. They were advising people not to travel if you didn't have to. Hopefully people listen to those warnings. I'll have more on your forecast coming up. After several years of record land values, one farm real estate company says it expects the market to stabilize in the year ahead. Now, Farmers National Company in its new land values report says the sharp increase in farmland values has slowed, but values are holding strong. Demand for farmland has also remained strong. However, the company says the focus has shifted to high quality land, which is available in a limited supply. If we look back across the last 25 years, we've seen some run up in land values and then it resets at a new, a new normal. And I think that we're, we're going to see that here where I, I think in this, in the next uh, 12 to 20, 24 months, we're probably going to see things kind of the land values reset at a, uh, at kind of a new level. There's still great buyer interest uh, out in the market. And so that's going to continue to to sustain those values that we are seeing today, probably won't see any any great run up in values, but definitely see uh, those values sustained. FNC reports it completed nearly 700 transactions across the Midwest last year, which is 
below 2021 and 2022 levels, but still above average. Of those sales, 80% of the buyers were local farmers and operators. The egg prices are on the rise again at the grocery store as bird flu once again hits the industry. Prices of eggs shot up almost 9% from November. It marks the highest monthly increase since January of last year. However, for the 12 months that ended in December, egg prices were actually down almost 24% from the year prior. For now, economists believe this latest avian flu won't be as severe as the one in 2022 that devastated flocks and sent egg prices sky high. What can be done to prevent food waste in the U.S.? Well, Purdue University continuing to dive into the subject as part of its monthly Consumer Food Insights report. The December survey asking people more about date labels on packaging and how likely they are to throw away unopened food based only on the date label and whether the food smells or looks normal. Now, people were asked about those issues when it came to beef and spinach. Surveyors report finding a slight drop in the number of consumers who are likely to throw away food when told the food items smell and looks normal in combination with the date label. Consumers are also slightly more likely to discard foods past the use by date compared to the best if used by date. As for food spending last year, on average, consumers were spending about $187 on food per week, with $121 of that being groceries. That's 5% higher than it was in 2022. Weather and USDA reports owning the market conversation last week. We'll take a look at what's ahead for prices in the week ahead, coming up next. And starting 2024 off on a healthy note, we'll look at some of the quickest ways to cut calories in the new year. Ag for your health today in the country. And Top Producer Summit is just around the corner. This year, it's in Kansas City from February 5th through the 7th at the brand new Lowe's Hotel in downtown. If you want to take part, make sure to check out the events tab on agweb.com. The Biden administration is announcing more than $620 million for new electric vehicle charging stations across the country. The money will go to fund 47 projects in 22 states in Puerto Rico. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg says it will result in 7,500 new charging ports as well as EV and hydrogen fueling facilities for freight trucks in busy corridors. The funding also comes from the infrastructure law. Markets waiting all week for the numbers to come out from USDA. Now that they're out, where do we go from here? Michelle Rook has a closer look in markets now. Grains in negative territory on Friday. John Heinberg with Total Farm Marketing joining us. And John, a big shock to the market there with that big increase in corn yield. And that really tanked the market last Friday, didn't it? Yeah, it was a difficult close for the week later there on Friday with the after that USDA report came out obviously carry over above expectation, yield bull above expectation. Even global supplies, it bumped up the Chinese totals by another 11 million metric tons to go with our increased production as well as Argentina to beat the, put the global lending stocks higher than the market wanted. So that brought in that heavy selling pressure to end the week. So John, we hit those new contract lows. Do you think we have a lot more downside risk in this market? Pretty key close under that 460 on that March contract. But I did find it interesting. December hit a low around 447 before it expired. And in March kind of seemed to drift back to that area. 
you know, as it closed the day on Friday. So we'll see if that's a, a bit of a cursor that maybe we've kind of washed this thing out to start the week or the end of the week to start this next week. Or are we at a point here that things may still with the heavy supply picture got more room to fall on the technical side? Sadians obviously um, absorbing higher yield in production as well. We ended off of lows, held the $12 mark in the nearby beans. Do you think that's going to hold the longer term? You know, again, we still got to watch how this picture shapes up. The, again, the disappointing side for me the last couple of weeks has been what's going on with the export side for soybeans. You know, even though the yield that bumped up and the carryover did go a little bit on the higher side, that Argentina crop is a big factor. You know, we still saw some adjustments there. Rosario Grain Exchange raised up their projections. It will easily absorb what currently is being projected as the losses in Brazil. You know, so it's going to be a tough road for the soybean market here at this time frame. Uh, obviously, we need to still keep some demand going, even though our crush was really good again in December. But it still comes down to that export demand and those competitive prices. And those South American prices right now are pushing historical lows in terms of basis. And the opportunity to undercut our prices because of that just comes into play. Thanks so much for joining us, John Heinberg with Total Farm Marketing. That is Markets. Now we'll have more update coming up. Thanks. Look at that jet stream uh, coming up for you Tuesday and Wednesday again. Uh, not only can we tell where some bigger systems will cross the United States, but it also gives us an indication of where the coldest the cold air is located and the warmest of the warm. That's what the jet stream does. It separates the coldest from the cold right there uh, from the warmest of the warm. Back down here to the south. Then you get the jet stream uh, kicking right along it. So pocket of cold air continues uh, to move in and across the Midwest uh, for our Tuesday and Wednesday. This is a long-term pattern with uh, kind of a shallow trough developing Thursday and into Friday. The pattern starts to break down Friday into Saturday. I won't say that will warm up quickly. In fact, it's going to be a gradual process to move this very heavy air mass back here towards the east. But a ridge starting to take shape by Friday and Saturday of next week uh, could be uh, enough energy to kind of usher that colder air back to the east. So the temperature outlook as we go deeper into January, the 19th through the 25th, you got uh, below normal conditions, at least a chance of that, not only through the Midwest, but the southeast as well. There's that ridge starting to develop with above average temperatures back on the west coast. As for the precipitation forecast, uh, overall expecting things to stay relatively quiet. Most of this coming down as light snow or flurries where you see the green here and then perhaps some heavier showers as that low pressure system works off to the north and to the east. Otherwise, check out down near Florida where you could be looking at more rain in the forecast in the coming week. There's a look at that precipitation forecast. Buffalo, South Dakota, partly cloudy, high around 92 degrees for our Tuesday. Traverse City, Michigan, cloudy, high of 11 degrees. And uh, Buffalo, Wyoming, high of 24, low of 14. How much are those pre-def tractors selling for these days? Well, Machinery Pete has the latest auction data coming up next. And later, getting healthy in the new year may require a closer look at your snacking habits. Ag for your health in the country. New tractor sales were down for 2023. The Association of Equipment Manufacturers monthly flash report says the sale of all farm tractors last year was down 8% from 2022. Now breaking it down further, two-wheel drive smaller tractor sales were down 11%, while 40 and under 100 horsepower were down 9%. Sales of four-wheel drive farm tractors were up 
more than 31%, while combine sales for the year were up 2%. But what about used equipment? Machinery Pete is on the road with an update on pre-def tractors. The trend of good condition pre-def tractors increasing in buyer demand, of course, has been going on a couple of years now, but it really seemed like in 2023, the trend intensified. Now let's uh, shine the example on one particular model today, a John Deere 8120, which Deere made from 2002 to 2005, so give or take right in that 20-year-old range now. A couple recent examples, so let's start with a sale December 16th, a farm auction in Crete, Nebraska by Novak Auction Service. This 2003 uh, 8120s only had 1,670 hours on it, did sell with an 843 loader, went for $149,000. That's the highest auction price ever on the 8120. Now, again, it did sell with a loader. And for reference, the highest auction price ever on the 8120 without a loader uh, was set about a year and a half ago, August 3rd of 2022, on an online farm auction in Warren, Indiana by Sullivan Auctioneers, an 04 model, 2749 hours, went for $144,000. Now, more recently, January 10th, on a sale by my friends at Albrecht Auction Service, they have a bi-weekly tri-state online farm and construction consignment auction pulling equipment out of Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio. They sold this 02 model 8120 with 3,986 hours, went for $114,500. Now, that's the second highest auction price ever on the 8120 with over 3,500 hours. And how about this for a stat, folks? 15 of the 17 highest auction prices ever on 8120s with over 3,500 hours have all come from the past three years. Now, there was one other tractor that sold very well on the January 10th auction, and it was not pre-def. So, you know, uh, good condition tractors of all ages are selling well. This 2013 John Deere 6140R, 749 hours, brought 132000 bucks, highest auction price ever without a load. All right, thanks, Greg. Up next, cutting calories in 2024. We'll look at some of the easiest places to trim the daily diet next in Ag for Your Health. Bring new technology, knowledge, and opportunity together at Ag Innovation 2024 in Kansas City on February 13th. Register today to take part in the event. When it comes to calories, how many you should consume in a day varies from person to person. An average adult generally requires 2,000 calories daily, according to the FDA. But as Mandy Gaither reports, a recent study suggests some may be blowing many of those calories on snacks in today's Ag for Your Health. From chips to crackers and sweets, when an afternoon pick-me-up is needed, you may just grab what's easy. The way we snack is just kind of these episodic little grazings throughout the day, and we never really think about how much they actually add up. Chris Taylor with Ohio State University is senior study author of a new study that suggests many adults consume up to 25% of their daily calories from snacks. Because we're looking at a fairly substantial amount of our calories. Um, it's a considerable source of added sugar, saturated fat, sodium uh, that we're getting in the day that also don't come with a lot of nutrients. So that your snacks don't derail your health goals, Taylor says it's important to plan for them just like you would a meal. Having hummus on hand that I can then use as a quick snack instead of having to rely on some foods that may not contribute as much to my uh, total nutrient needs. Other healthy snacks include fruits and veggies, nuts and nut butters, as well as seeds. And Taylor says to beware of stealth calories in some beverages. When we get a blenderized coffee drink or um, 
drinking a sugar-sweetened beverage, those calories we don't often think about when we drink, about, drink them as snacks. For Health Minute, I'm Andy Gaither. And that's all the time we have this morning. We're sure glad you tuned in from all of us here at Ag Day. I'm Clint Have a great day.